today we are looking at prayer in the book of Acts. This is something that uh, I didn't really get to go over in as we preach through the book of Acts because it's a theme that spans the entire book. Prayer is mentioned over 30 times in the 28 chapters of Acts. Now, I'm not going to read every moment prayers, but we can look at a few of them and look at the theme. And the very first time that we see prayer in the book of Acts is in the very first chapter. Jesus has ascended. He's gone into the sky. A messenger has told that Jesus will return someday. No date given. And so the disciples go into the upper room and await the gift. What's the gift? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit that will come. And so while they're in the upper room, Acts chapter 1, verse 14, they were continually united in prayer, along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. I love this. They were continually united in prayer. So what does prayer do? What's one of the functions of prayer? Unites. If your prayers are divisive, then they may not be from God. Prayer unites us across the differences that we have, the generations that we have, all the ethnics and genders and generations and all the differences, economics and all that, united in prayer. And so they continually devote themselves to prayer. While in prayer, they, in Acts chapter 1, verse 24, they select a replacement for their brother Judas, who became the betrayer Judas. So that they may be a whole group again. And in prayer, God leads them to Matthias, who will take the place of Judas. As I say that and think about that, I think about how we have lost our brother Tristan, who has gone to a different church. And today, he's not a betrayer. That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear that. But what I am saying is that today, we are kicking off our committee to find our next Replacement. So we need to be in united prayer for that person. That God will lead us and bring us in the right person as we are united in prayer. Not just the committee that's going to be, they're going to be praying. I know they're going to be praying. But the body of believers that sit before us as one local 
group of believers and those who are online watching us to be in prayer as we are looking for this next person. And so they pray and they're whole again and they're made whole again. They're able to move forward. And then in chapter 2, while in the state of prayer, the Holy Spirit comes upon them like tongues of fire. And the word is preached and people believe and people come to know Jesus Christ, the Messiah. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They continually devoted themselves to prayer, and God added to them daily. They had to devote, you know why they have to devote themselves to prayer? Because prayer doesn't happen naturally. Oh, you may talk to yourself, that happens kind of commonly. That's not prayer. Prayer is something we have to teach ourselves to do or be taught to do. We have to learn how to pray. And the disciples said, how then should we pray? It's something we have to learn, something we have to teach, something we have to disciple ourselves. We have to be in a state of discipline to do. You have to devote How many guys, you don't have to raise your hand because I know most of you raise your hand. Have gone to a point in your life where you were not in the discipline of prayer. Some of you, like, you know that once you get in the habit of it, praying is, is next to breathing. It's just part of who you are. But if you're not in the habit of praying, it is something that's very difficult to get started. And I bet you there's more than a few people in this room, that they've had times in their life where they weren't talking so much so they got out of the habit. They were in the habit of it, and then they got out of the habit of praying. Maybe you and God were mad at each other and you weren't talking to Him no more. You got out of the habit. Then you had to do what? You had to rediscipline yourself. You redevote yourself to prayer. So some of you in this room, very devoted to prayer, You're, it's part next to breathing for you. Some of you, not so much. And that's okay. We're called to devote ourselves to prayer. Not that prayer saves us, because what saves us? Grace of God. But because we are saved, we want to be in relationship with Him. And that's one of the things prayer is about. Let's skip ahead a little bit. Chapter 6. Chapter 6. You, you can, I'm not going to put it on the screen. Chapter 6. When the disciples are choosing who will be deacons. Deacons are not like the elder board. The deacons are people that are to oversee the widows and the orphans. Those who are in, This is the hospitality crew. They oversee benevolence and hospitality. And when they're gathering together, they're praying about who's going to be the next hospitality ministers, they pray and lay hands. As Cornelius was called to be the first Greek to hear the news when Peter begins to preach to the Gentiles. A lot of times we think of Paul being the first. Peter actually beat him to it. Now, Cornelius was a God-fearer, but not a Jew. He may be in the process of becoming a Jew. We don't know. But prayer was there. 
when Peter was arrested and the chains fall off of him and the doors swing wide. What's going on? They're praying. People are praying. When Paul healed, what was he doing? He was praying. When in Acts chapter 28, verse 8, um, Plavia's father was in bed suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went to him praying and laying hands on him. He healed him. There was that praying. If you come across the healer who says they're a healer but they don't pray, they're not a healer. Prayer is a powerful force in the book of Acts. And every time those great moments that you remember in the book of Acts, those moments you're like, ooh, that's cool. Prayer is there. Now we often overlook the prayer because it's such a common thing in the scripture, such a common thing in our life. But prayer is there, is the catalyst through which action takes place. I think we overlook prayer a lot because it's it's like one of those five you know, church answers, right? You're in Sunday school, right? They ask you a question. There's five church answers that get you to answer every time, right? God, Jesus, church, pray, read your Bible. You know those five things, you can answer all the Sunday school questions. So you guys know, you guys say, I've used that myself. Because one of those five answers, so prayer's overlooked. But when we overlook power of prayer, we overlook the power behind the actions. It's prayer that's the catalyst for these actions to play. And if you're not praying and wondering why nothing's happening, it's because you're not praying. So as we think about that, we have to ask the question, what is prayer? I mean, is that one of those questions we have to ask? What is prayer? Prayer is speaking to God. That's in its basic form, that's what it is. Prayer is speaking to God. Prayer is thanksgiving. Prayer is praise. You know the difference between prayer and praise and, and worship? We put them together. We also like teach them as like they're one word, right? Praise and worship. Like it's like, Praise is in response to something God is doing, has done, will do. It's a response to an action. Praise is about something God is doing. Worship is about declaring worth because He's God. Let me put this in other terms. Okay. Football. I know a lot of you guys are football fans. You declare worth to your team because they're your team. You praise when they win the game. Worth to God is because of who He is. He's God. Praise is because of something He has done or will do or is doing. Action. So prayer is praise. Prayer is also worship. Prayer is petition, a request. 
Prayer is confession. Confession is one of those wonderful words that we often uh, get confused with, right? Well, if I confess my sins, then they're forgiven, and therefore I can keep sinning. And the book of Jude is all about, that's what the book of Jude is all about, right? That's not how it works. <laughs> but it is confession. Confession to God is important. It helps us to recognize that we've sinned, because that's the first step, right, is admitting. And you ask any alcoholic, first step is admitting. We admit, and that helps us start the process of repentance, which is turning. That's why we're to confess to God, and we also need to confess to one another, because we are not supposed to be doing this alone. You're not alone in this battle. You need to find someone. Of course, you don't want to find that person that's going to plaster it on Twitter. Record your confession for TikTok so they can get more hits. That's not the person you want to confess to. Get the person that's actually going to help you. The brother or sister that's next to you that, can, that loves you and wants to be with you. Confession's healthy. Because it's not just about confession, it's about repentance. So prayer is confession. Prayer is intercession. Intercession is when we, we, stand, we pray for someone else. We pray on their behalf. Either because they can't, won't, don't know how, or just you feel like they need a little extra oomph. You need to be united in that prayer. And that's one of the strongest prayers we can have is praying for others. Because it's part of the plan. Love God, love God first and love your neighbor as yourself, right? Interceding on someone's behalf is, is love of others. But let's talk about what prayer is not as we talk about that. What prayer is not? Prayer is not the vending machine. If I pray this way, God's going to give me B7. Those be the M&Ms. Of course with peanuts. (laughs) Prayer is not your wish list to Santa Claus. Prayer is not a get out of jail free card. I pray, I confess, I can keep doing what I want. Once again, it's about repentance. Confession is, it's not about a formulated speech. Our Father, we beseech thee. You've got to use old-fashioned language for some reason. Always old-fashioned language. Beseech. And I've got to turn Jesus into a five-syllable word. Jesus sucks. He doesn't hear it if you don't turn it that way. Jesus it's not about formulas or or it's about speaking from the heart it's not a magic spell you know those magic words if you pray this way this will happen immediately because i put the word jesus on it right Jesus' name. That's, that's like, a lot of people, I've seen this happen over and over again. People use like, in Jesus' name, like they're saying abracadabra. In Jesus' name. Well, but I said in Jesus' name. 
It's like your, your child comes up to you and says, well, I said please. You're still not getting it. Well, you guys are kids, you know that, right? Just because they say please doesn't mean they're getting it. I said, please, you're still not going out in the middle of the night to play in the slip and slide. (laughs) As I think about that magic act, I think about how it's not just about, well, God, make this happen, and then I sit back and don't do anything. That's not what prayer is either. Prayer is often about us getting in the right mind or you know, I think sometimes prayer doesn't work because God said, we say, oh, I need my friend to accept Christ. So God, you go do it. And God says, well, I'm here waiting. Come tell him. Oh, they need to be healed. Well, I'm here. Let's take them to the hospital. Because prayer isn't just about words. It's about action. I mean, that's what Matthew says, right? Matthew chapter 7, you remember that chapter? Matthew chapter 7, uh, one of the things he says, he says, ask and it will be given to you. That's, so we, we seek God first, right? Seek. What the Bible says is seek first his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We seek his, we want to be in his will. God is not subject to you. You don't get to make demands. I've seen so many people pray, and their prayers are demands. If you don't, if you don't make this happen, I'm not going to believe you anymore. You know what God's going to let you do? Bye-bye. He is not subject to you. Our will must match up to you. So if your prayers aren't being effective, well, there's several things that could be happening. It could be a no could be a yes, could be a maybe, could be like, get out of, you stop making demands. Sometimes our sin gets in the way. We put ourselves above God. It, you are not over God. Your prayers have to match up with His will, otherwise it ain't coming true. We seek Him. We ask, that's, what, that's the prayer part we, we, we think of, right? We ask. But what does it also say? We knock you don't walk up to a house and say knock knock and expect someone to answer the door this isn't magic this isn't open sesame Melchon. sorry some of you Lord of the Rings fans got that one um, you knock and what's that knocking you rap on that door it's an action Sometimes God's, you know, that, that, uh, that old statement Ben Franklin made, you know, God helps them who helps themselves, not biblical. But he had this idea that he was working on, the idea that you can't just sit back and say, God, do this. You have to stand up and follow through. Every time there's healing in the scriptures, they pray. And what else do they do? They lay on hands, they pour oil, they 
which was the same as like going to the doctor in many of those cases because oil was one of those things like medicine in some of those cases. I'm going to take our brother here. I'm going to use Rudy again. Our brother Rudy, he prayed for healing. He came up a whole bunch of time and prayed for healing. Praise God, he's healed. But did he just sit and say, God, heal me, and sit back on his chair? He went to the doctor. (laughs) God gave him a transplant that didn't have any problems. Didn't reject it. All through the power of prayer, he's here right now serving God. He's an amazing man. But there was action involved with that too. You know what else prayer is not? Prayer is not fear of public speaking. I've been told this before. I don't like to pray because I don't want to pray. I don't like, especially out loud, because I don't know what to say in front of people. I don't know what to say in front of other people. Who are you talking to? If you're afraid to talk just because other people are around, you're not talking to the right person. Because if you're afraid to talk in front of someone else, it's because you're talking to them, not him. We can't be afraid to talk. I don't know what to say. You know what comes from the heart? And the wonderful thing about God is sometimes, you know what? You know, that's a perfectly good prayer in God's eyes. Because he understood that. Says he understands the groaning of our hearts. So if you want something to happen, we need to be praying. And if things aren't happening, it's probably because we're not praying. We need to be praying as a group. Communal prayer is very important in the scriptures. Notice the very first prayer in Acts, they prayed in unity. That doesn't mean they were all like, okay, well, you go have your quiet time by yourself. And you go have your quiet time by yourself. And you pray, and then you pray. They were praying together in unity. Pray as group. We need to be praying individually. Jesus went off by himself to devote himself to study and prayer. We need to be praying individually. We need to be praying. We need to set ourselves to prayer. That goes back to that. It's the discipline of prayer. You know, one of the things, if we're starting to sin or we're mad at something God did or we felt he should have done, a lot of times it's something we felt he should have done. Um, I, I, I counsel a lot of people, and a lot of people get mad at God because he should have stopped this bad thing from happening. And he didn't. And so I'm not talking to him no more. Uh, you know, and I'm sorry that bad thing happened. If you're still in this, if you're in this room, and I'm sorry that bad thing happened to you. But God never promised He would stop bad things from happening to you. So 
something bad happened because they, someone else was a sinner. They were messed up and they decided to hurt you. It's not God. Well, somewhere in the Bible, God decided to stop. Some of those are the exceptions, not the rules. Most of the time in the Bible, God does not stop the act of evil men. So if you're in this room, I'm sorry you're hurting, and I know you're hurting. And I love you, and I hurt with you. But don't blame God for that. Because he's the one that's going to get you through. And it's not going to be an easy fix. It's going to take action on your part. It's going to take people on your part and you're going to work through it and it's going to be struggle and maybe a struggle all your life. We're going to get through this together. Prayer is honest and real. I don't know why we think we can lie to God. He already knows. God, I'm fine. Uh-huh. I only messed up the once. Sure you did. Prayer needs to be real. Well, I can't tell God I doubt him. Yes, you can. I can't tell God I don't like what he's doing. Yes, you can. I can't tell God that, I, that, he, that I'm mad at him because someone, someone hurt me. Yes, you can. Prayer is real and honest. And then as we pray, we must act in accordance with our prayers. You can't say, God, bring world peace and then be the, the one that's causing violence. You can't say, God, feed the hunger, but I'm not willing to share my portion of food. I know several of you guys, I know there's several people in this room that this is what they do. And I know some of you guys, more of you guys could do this. They fix, still fix their meals because they never learned how not to fix meals that were for the whole family, but their family isn't there anymore. So all this food that they end up either putting in the fridge until it goes bad or throwing away right then, right? But what I know some of you guys do this. They take their food to someone else in the neighborhood I'm not talking about enabling someone who's just not willing and doesn't want to get a job. I'm not talking about that. There are people in this neighborhood that cannot either. They don't know how to cook. They can't feed themselves. They're, in, they're relying on people. They take that food and they give it to them. I don't know. Some of you are like, well, that'd be an easy. I fix way too much food as it is. You can't say, pray God, pray God, I need you to take away my health issues, but I'm going to continue eating, and this is my, speaking to myself, it's eating like I, it doesn't matter, when most of our health issues can be solved if we just ate right. I'm, I'm preaching to myself. If I'm going to pray God, take away my health issues, well then I need to start eating according to the way he designed us to eat. I know you, we live in America, so I know a lot of you had the same struggle. Because the statistics don't lie on that one. 
Are you praying? Are you praying in the will of God? Are you acting? Let's pray. Father God, I praise you today, Lord. Our Father, we, we pray that you just bring us together in unity, in prayer, that we may be focused on you and in your will, Lord. Lord, I pray that you use prayer to, to join us together. But Lord, I pray that you help us to act on those prayers. Lord, that we don't, we take prayer seriously, but we make it part of our every life, our every moment, from the very nephish of ourselves, the very being that makes us us. Lord, I pray that you just make prayer from that, from us. Lord, I pray that we, that we learn to pray and that we teach others how to pray. Because we know you are the almighty God. And we want not mine, but thine will be done. So Lord, we ask that you just continue to move on our heart, grow us as we pray. Help us to grow whole and grow together and grow in your mercy and grace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.